When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Stola D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. We're continuing our position-by-position segments for the NFL draft, looking at it through a Dolphins lens. Continuing with the offensive line as well. We've, we've talked about the offensive tackles in a different segment. We've got centers coming up in the next one. Guard is the spot that Paul, when you look at the offensive line, they signed Eric Flowers in the offseason, and that's really all that they've signed. And if we have it our way, and a, a lot of other Dolphins fans' way too, the Dolphins are going to have a, a different right tackle and then kick Jesse Davis into right guard. And that's important because if the Dolphins can take care of both of the tackle possessions, either with existing free agents that are out there or Trent Williams trade or this robust class of tackles, you kick Jesse Davis inside, and you may not have to draft any guards unless it's really for depth. You don't have to. Um, and, and like you said, this is a fairly weak draft class at guard overall. The intriguing thing for me would be if the Dolphins feel, because I love Eric Flowers at guard, right? And love might be a strong word there. But I love guard play like what we saw out of Jamie Nails circa 2002. I mean, I love when you get one of these big monsters that has the speed and ability to pull and lead a play. And I don't really see that from Jesse Davis, and I don't really see that much in Eric Flowers. So if the Dolphins do think one of these these guys can can really up their game in that department, I'd be all for it in relegating Jesse to, to depth. Um, or possibly, as much as I don't love it, playing right tackle. Yeah, and there is no Quentin Nelson type of prospect in this draft. There is no 2002 Jamie Nails prospect in this type of draft either. There are some pretty decent names here, and they a lot of them carry some strengths, but they also have some question marks too. So sorting through this list and putting one guy over another was a little bit challenging, but when I did it, it came away like this. My first guy I have is Robert Hunt from Louisiana Lafayette. He played right tackle in college. He's projected to kick inside to right guard. It reminds me a lot of Cody Ford from last year, but because he went to Louisiana Lafayette, a very raw player, he also missed the second half of the year as well. So, you know, not a lot of snaps there uh, uh, in 2019. But when I watched him against Mississippi State, uh, he he did when he he played against a higher level of competition. He certainly answered the call. Number two for me is Jonah Jackson from Ohio State. Uh, PFF is very very high on him. I'm not as high, but he's a smooth player in pass protection. That's for sure. Uh, he's uses his hands very well. He's got great technique. He's played both left guard and right guard. 
for Ohio State, and he's played against the, the highest level of competition. If you're looking for a great run blocker or a mauler, this isn't your guy. He's about 6'4", 310 in that range. So good enough size and, and good technique and pass protection. Number three will be the, one of the more fascinating players in the draft, Mitani Muti from Fresno State. This, if he hadn't been hurt as much the last four years, we might be talking about the best guard uh, this side of Quentin Nelson. I mean, we'd be talking about a clear first-round pick, but uh, his 2018 season ended with an injury. His 2019 season ended with an injury, and he's played in overall 18 games in college. But when he's on the field, man, he can road great people. And he had 44 bench press reps there at the combine. So any of these guys here, I still wouldn't feel comfortable taking them in, in really the first two rounds. But once you start getting into the third, fourth round area, especially if you see one of these guys drop to the, the end of the fourth round there, that, that provides some intriguing value there. I agree. And, and there's a few guys I'm a fan of, and I, I, I'm not sure if you mentioned this guy, but Damian Lewis out of LSU. Um, I really like what I've seen out of him. I like the way he would lead the play. Uh, even, even when you got him out there at the senior bowl, he was definitely responsible for one of the touchdowns. The interesting thing for me in this guard class is some of the deeper cuts. You've got guys like Cole Laveo out of Hawaii. Um, he spent some time injured. He can play center, but actually he's probably better at guard. And he's got some speed, so he's got a little bit of that twitchiness to get to the edge. Uh, Tremaine Ankrum out of Clemson, another guy that I think is a developmental guy, but could be someone that turns into something down the road. I don't think Jesse Davis is the long-term answer at either guard or tackle. And, and so I, I'm okay with the idea of grabbing a developmental guy with one of those you know, fifth or seventh round picks and seeing what they turn into as you move along here with, with some coaching and and with some of that nutrition and, and strength training that they get at the NFL level, because there's a couple of the guys too, that played a little bit overweight. Um, if you take a look at, uh, what was his name there? Cameron Clark, I believe it was, um, I think he could get even better and he, he could, he could definitely be one of those flexible pieces, the eventual Jesse Davis replacement that that's got some upside to surpass Jesse Davis. Um, and then John Simpson out of Clemson. Uh, he's another one that really could stand to drop some weight, get his athleticism up a little bit, and could suddenly turn into a very quick developmental prospect. So, I mean, there's a lot of different deep-cut guys that could really turn into something as time wears on, but they need a little bit more growth before they're NFL ready. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Damian Lewis because he, he came in at number four on my list. Just a real what you see is what you get type of player. Six foot two, two hundred and or excuse me, six foot two, three hundred and twenty-seven pounds, a squatty guy, but very productive there against the best level of competition uh, on that offensive line with Lloyd Cushenberry uh, and Sadiq Charles. Um, after that, I'm having a tough time placing some of these guys because you know uh, Ben Bredesen from Michigan, John Simpson as you mentioned from Clemson, and Logan Stenberg from Kentucky are very snap the ball and punch in the mouth type of guards. And that may sound great, but in this type of offense, it calls for a little bit more athleticism. I'm not saying that you have to be the greatest athlete or run a 4840 to to fit in the system, but it, you have to have some ability to move. And I think Natani Muti, 
uh, Jonah Jackson, Robert Hunt, Damian Lewis, they, they really do fit that mold. Where I'm not sure Bredesen, uh, Stenberg, uh, Solomon Kinley is another one from Georgia I'm not a big fan of. They just don't quite fit the scheme. So I would be struggling to, to find where that fit would be if they took one of these bigger road grading type of guards here in the fourth round. Yeah, and it's there, there's a couple of tackle prospects that are really projected to to kick inside the guard that that might be intriguing as well. Um, Hakeem Ad Hakeem it Ah, God, I can't do it. Adenogy. Adenogy, uh, I can't. It's just it just wouldn't come out. Um, yeah, he's one of those guys that projects to where he could move inside the guard. Actually, had a decent forty time. So if you can get him pulling pretty well, I, I, it could be exciting. Um, and I think he could be a good fit for the Changeli offense. And another one that was projected really high at tackle. Um, and I know we talked about this a little on the tackle show. Some of these guys that were projected really high and then torn down, either at the end of the season or after the season ended. Uh, Calvin Throckmorton is a guy that that could kick inside and do really well at the next level. So something to think about with him. I mean, you put him, you put him in the phone booth fighting with people, and I, I think Throckmorton could really excel. Yeah, it, I think Throckmorton might even end up at center, and, and he could end up really anywhere because he played – he's, I believe, the only fact in this class anywhere on the offensive line that played all five line positions, and he did so – for one of the best offensive lines in the country for as long as he was there over the last four years. So yeah, he'll, I, I see him going somewhere as well in the fourth or sixth round area, so, somewhere there on day three, same goes for his teammate, Shane Lemieux, who I wish he was a little bit bigger, but overall a solid football player. Um, yeah. And I, I'd say as far as any sleepers go, one guy I have in mind is Kevin Dotson from Louisiana Lafayette. He was overshadowed a little bit by Robert Hunt, but overall, uh, a, a very good player, 6'4", 310, and it fits more that natural guard mode maybe than, than, than Hunt does. It's a shame that, you know, with this whole coronavirus that, that he wasn't able to work out because he, at that, you know, maybe we could see him there in the sixth, seventh round instead of having a good workout and he, he gets up into that third, fourth round area. But yeah, I mean, Quite a few guys here, 14 picks for the Dolphins. And so we should see some guards being taken by them, uh, likely likely toward the back end of the draft, because you'd have to think that the beginning of that draft, Paul, is going to be set for offensive tackle and center. Yeah, this. I mean, I, I expect a guard or two to come off the board for the Dolphins, possibly even as undrafted free agents, but I, I don't expect it to be anything early in the draft. I think there's an outside chance maybe in the third round uh, if the right guy happens to be on the board. But as it stands right now, you're probably looking fourth round or later before Miami even sniffs the, the pile of uh, question marks at guard right now. Well, Paul, I'll uh, throw a scenario by you. Uh, PFF just released its mock draft. Wanted to get your thoughts on this. They had the Dolphins trading from five up to three for Tua, given their 26th and 39, or no, 18 and 39 pick. And then with the 26th pick, they had the Dolphins taking guard Jonah Jonah Jackson out of Ohio State. So they come out 
of the first uh, 40 picks with Tua and Jonah Jackson. Your thoughts? You you can't see it right now, but I'm just blankly staring at you after. after <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, tell you I what, can I, find I, a way. Uh, I, I I can find a way to get myself excited about Tua based on his skill set if they take him at five. If Miami were to give up the 18th pick, and God knows what the hell else PFF had them giving up. I mean, probably 39. You know. Uh, that's that. Jesus Christ. Um, I just it's it's moving up to get to a, and I understand some of our listeners want to do that, and I get it. You know, it's if Tua hadn't busted a hip, dropped an ankle, dropped another ankle, had the thigh issue, etc. I'd, I'd I'd probably be right there with you, but at, at some point in the injury history, I kind of went enough is enough, and you know, to trade up for him, I, I think is just sacrilege. It's just like Daniel Jeremiah put a perspective uh, trade scenario out there for Miami that basically had him giving up the moon to move to three and then jump up to one for Burrow. And you know how much of a Burrow fan I am. And, and even I looked at it and went, that's too much, especially doing it that way, laddering your way through three to get to one. Um, yeah, I'm pretty I, sure. I I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure for the just the swap on that, it was from for basically going from five to three to one. I think it was giving up um, eight the eighteenth pick, the twenty sixth pick, a first rounder next year, uh, another second rounder, and a, either third or fifth round at some point. Yeah, even I think even I think I one of Steve Ross's. I think one of Steve Ross's buildings in New York was included. I'm not sure. Right. Just, yeah, it was, it was a lot. And, and that's, yeah. <laughs> I, but but tra- to me, trading up, uh, you know, trading up eight, 18 and 39 to go get Tua, that would even be worse for me. I'd rather stay at five and take Jordan Love. But anyway, we can talk about that all day. But to come out of the draft with, with uh, out of your first four picks, you have Tua going on PUP right away. You don't, you don't get a tackle. And you draft a guard uh, instead. Yeah, that would be okay. Yeah, I didn't even get to that. That made that made it worse. That that just that just made it worse. But yeah, and I, and I like to uh, and Jonah Jackson more than you do. And I'd be disappointed. I mean, I like Jonah Jackson. Anyway, I just don't just like that guy. Yeah. Ugh. Like even even if Miami keeps all their picks, I don't want Jonah Jackson at twenty six. Uh, no, me either. Me either. I I, I would I'd say I could I could. Stomach it at 56, but that would be it because I think he's a solid player. Uh, but I would still yeah. be kind of eh, on, on that pick even there at 56. So, yeah, we'll, we'll take a look at what happens here. Uh, thanks for joining us here for our offensive guard segment. You're listening to Kat and Paul. On the Fin side, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Kat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the pin side. So, do you take us home? It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen.